Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MCR network at, you guess it, the MCR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Get your podcasts for absolutely free. I told you that I do the Monday show, then occasionally. Yeah. Well, when the Nets get smoked on national television four nights in a row, when Jason Tatum fouls out and Jalen Brown says, no, dog, we got this, and they close out the Nets, the collection of Lee's been called in the media, the two most skilled players ever, I've got to reach out and talk about it. We've got Justin Thiefus pod on. Justin, say hello, man. Smoking on that Nets pack tonight. Look, look, look. And we're going to get to the Nets. We're going to get to all the slander. We're going to first talk about some games that are happening tonight. I was a lot more pessimistic before I sat down. We're recording this on April 26th at 6.10 p.m. And I did not know sitting down that Jimmy Butler ain't playing, y'all. And that matters. Like, the last couple contests with the Hawks have been one-sided. I don't think that's because the Hawks are that much worse than the Heat. Right? Like, it's one of those, it looks worse than it actually is. And if Jimmy Butler's not playing, the Hawks have a fair shot. If Jimmy's really not playing and Trey isn't as hurt as I think he is, it's a, it's a thing. It could be a, we we might get another game in Atlanta. Um, this is a great Miami team. This is a beaten up Hawks team that admittedly did not focus enough because they're still riding high from the playoffs. You asked Trey, he said it in interviews. They were so intoxicated by the highs of the conference finals that regular season felt boring. Um, not making excuses, just kind of what it is. Clint Capella obviously hurt. John Collins obviously hurt. Trey Young, I suspect he's hurt. I also suspect the Miami defense is fantastic. And so whatever happens there, uh, go Hawks. Also tonight, Minnesota, Memphis, dog, just two young teams. It is, I'm so glad I don't root for either of these teams. Because I can see how if you rooted for Minnesota, this series has been infuriating to watch. Also, if you root for the Grizzlies, I can see how this has been infuriating to watch. But as someone who just loves basketball and loves seeing young talent be great without regard for scheme or sets, this has been a very fun series to watch, and I have no complaints whatsoever. Okay, so I see it from a scheme and set standpoint. But I think even as a fan of one of these teams, yo, your boys are shining on the biggest stage possible. Like, say what you will about some of the things that have happened on the court. The highs have been high. Anthony Edwards is here. I've already oh, said, you know, my, my best friend, um, my best friend Mike on this podcast, you've heard him on this show. We're going to a Minnesota home game next year. You have That's to. That's a foregone conclusion. You have to. Like, Anthony Edwards is so good. Anthony Edwards being so good also highlights just how bad everything is around him. It's not untrue. It's not untrue. I know that the cat defenders are out there. I will defend cat actions. I will not defend cat the institution. So I'm, I'm not even referring to Carl Anthony Towns. That Carl Anthony Towns is a symptom. <laughs> like the team, it's like cat 
fine. He's not going to play the traditional big man role, but he's really good at the things he does. Cool. Sometimes. Sometimes. Just say the word sometimes. Sometimes. He is very good at the things he does sometimes. I'm not I'm not the dude who's mad he didn't play like a big. I'm mad at the occasionality of it all. But as someone that coaches that, you have to understand that and not rely on it. The Timberwolves have come to rely on that, and Anthony Edwards has bailed them out twice now. That's a financial decision. If the money is there, everything else has to be too. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm paying yeah. for this asset, I'm going to lean on the asset. Now, you can say that that's a different problem, and I might agree with you. But as far as an economic decision, Anthony Edwards is a bonus piece. We didn't yes. expect this to be paying this on a rookie salary. This was not supposed to happen. This is Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. Yes. Like, Precisely. Precisely. I also think what highlights just how good Anthony Edwards is, is seeing him juxtapose against John Morant, who we know is spectacular, and has been spectacular since day one, and seeing them next to each other, it's like, oh, no, Anthony Edwards is also that dude, too. John Morant makes me so nervous that he's going to Derrick Rose it, and not in the way that I would normally be very upset about on this podcast. I'm talking about the overuse, the over-physicality, the attacking style. I don't want him to be a Dwayne Wade. Watching a lot of these playoffs, I realized that for me, and this is for my eyes, Trey Young's what Allen Irish might be in this era. Yes, that's fair. That is 100% fair. I'm afraid John Morant might be the Dwayne Wade. So, and I promise this isn't blatant homerism, but I think you'll get what I'm, where I'm going with this. Deontay Murray was John Morant before he blew out his knee twice. And then realize, hey, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I hope Ja realizes that he doesn't have to do this, especially with the way the Grizzlies are constructed currently. You don't have to be that guy. Okay. I agree. However, in the history of that guys, have they ever realized it on their own? Nope. Including but not limited to the aforementioned Allen Iverson. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. <laughs> like, Derrick Rose still tries this shit sometimes, and it does not work anymore. And it took catastrophic injury for him to rechange, to change the way he approached it. And I hope, I'm not wishing this on job. My God, no. I hope that he's the one who can say, let me be smart, let me be wise. Although, can you imagine if John Morant actually developed a not even not even good a functional outside game? And by outside, I mean fifteen foot out. If you had John Morant shooting threes at like a thirty three percent clip, which isn't a good number in today's NBA. Shit, I'll take thirty because the threat exists. You can't like that, that. Just as long as I've got to care. Exactly. It changes a lot of the math. Because, like, what, what, what's Giannis shooting from three? Like, he's actually worse this year from three than last year, but yet you're not going to leave him by himself out there. It's the Giannis willingness to take it. That's exactly. what that is. It's like, I'm going to take it if you don't. You better close out because I'm going to take it. I might just fucking make it. So how about you just close out? 
it's uh, <laughs> it's relatively simple, but it's also really hard, as you've seen. Last game this evening, New Orleans and Phoenix, and uh, look, on paper, these things are easy. And then they play the games, and Devin Booker's out for two to four weeks. And now you're like, oh, but Brandon Egram isn't oh, – okay, no one told Brandon Egram they're not allowed to do this. Okay. So now we've got a serious problem on our hands for Phoenix. Yeah. Like, Phoenix is in danger. <laughs> I don't – and I don't know how they replicate Booker's scoring with that roster is currently constructed. That's oh, not I know how they do. If, they don't. They don't. That's, <laughs> that's how they do it. They don't. Right. Like, they tell DeAndre Ayton that you've got to block every shot you can, son, because we can't score enough. And that's not to say that the Suns are a collection of Devin Booker and a bunch of guys. It's just the thing that those guys do really well is not offense. And Devin Booker no. does offense really well. The offensive things that they do well are unlocked by the things that Booker does well. Yes, that's a better way of putting it, yes. Like the Chris Paul, I can always get to my spot thing? That works because everyone's chasing Devin Booker around. Yeah. It, good luck. Like, if the Pelicans were who they were on paper, this wouldn't have mattered. But as my brother likes to tell me, paper is a flimsy thing. So, mm. good luck, man. I I have the Pelicans tonight. I don't think they close out in six. I also would not be surprised if they did. Because I, they have no answer for Brandon Ingram. No, and Brandon Ingram isn't programmed to fear things. Couple that with functionality from C.J. McCollum. Yeah, this is kind of a problem, guys. Like, C.J. McCollum's doing interviews during the playoffs about taking less money to resign. Like, yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's super happy. <laughs> and, well, projecting into the future, but, and if Zion comes back and he's what they think he's going to be, no, not what they think. What he's been. We we have a sample size. Oh it's no, we quite large, and it's an all star. Yes, I think it is a lot to ask for an all all star to come back oh. from injury and continue to be said all star. We shall see. I believe in the youth. Um, I just want to spend some time slandering Utah. As an organization, as a state, as a concept, but today as a basketball team. Rudy Gobert, you fraud. And the rest of you don't show uppers. How dare you waste my evening by losing by 25 points? You know how hard it is for me to stay up for these games? You know how old I am? This is ridiculous. My 15th college reunion is this summer. I'm old. And you made me stay up to watch you get your teeth kicked in and no one put up any fight. And, and Spider Mitchell, who all of a sudden you realize is just a volume scorer, he goes down. Everybody and loves now, a volume scorer until they realize they're a now, volume scorer. And now I got to rescind, not rescind, but revisit my – the Hawks won the Lucas rate thing because it's about to get out of the first round. Thanks for nothing, Utah.
Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's let's not let's not go let's not go that far. Let's not. I think Luca beating the Jazz says more about the Jazz than Dallas winning the Luca trade. That's fair. I appreciate that. That's fair. And the last series I want to talk about before we get to the um, I don't even know the, the calamity in Brooklyn. Is it a calamity? It might be a calamity. No one in the NBA has ever come back down from 03 in a series. But no one's blown more closeout wins than Doc Rivers. That's a real stat. Rock, meet hard place. Something's got to give. The Toronto team is unafraid of this Philadelphia team. I know there's a lot of consternation about Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year. I get it. <laughs> like, I'm watching this series. I get it, y'all. Yes, Evan Mobley. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's awesome. Nah, dog. I understand, I understand 100%. I also want to point out that there will be a game seven because I forgot Matisse Thibel can't go to Toronto. Yep. And that, now I that matters. all about that. That, so. <laughs> I was talking to my boy Paul about this because he, he's, he was pulling for the 76. I was like, the thing that would scare me is the fact that their best perimeter defender cannot travel with the team. He says, well, what do you mean? I was like, he's not vaccinated. And, Toronto, and Canada doesn't play that shit. His face dropped. He was like, oh, no. Oh, I no. I had forgotten that until right this moment. I'm elated because I was on this podcast and I picked Toronto. And after the first two, I was like, ah, shit. Okay, I was super wrong about that one. And now, <laughs> I don't even want to – if I'm right, then I was right about history, which is hilarious. If I'm wrong, still history because who blows us game an opportunity to close out a series more than Doc Rivers? No one. That's exactly who. Even those two games they won in Philly, there were things to be concerned about, and they bit, they had to pull that overtime win. Out of Joel Embiid's ass. Bruh. The gap between the Raptors and the 76ers is not that big. And I think I am not blaming James Harden for this. I am not blaming James Harden for this. I am not blaming James Harden for this. The fact that James Harden is just really good right now and not James Harden is, is like that matters. Because it's Joel Embiid, someone that's really good, and a bunch of guys. Oh, Tobias Harris is out there, too. The guy they gave all that money to instead of Jimmy. But, like, I don't – that still baffles me to this day, why, why they just didn't. Because it couldn't have been about the money because they gave that money to Tobias Harris. Anyway. It, they didn't like him. The person that would have like had it. to deal with him the most did, though. 
and Embiid liked him. So at that point, yeah, you may just have to figure that one out. Um, before we get into the, the matter of the day, I want to say something. It's come to my attention that Jerry West is very upset about his portrayal. <laughs> I'd like to take this time to read from the New York Times review of West by West written by Jerry West from 2011. How unlikable is Jerry West in West by West? Let's count some of the ways. He does not like to hug anyone, including his wife and children. He avoids his siblings. He loathes Christmas and does not like to get presents. He has few friends. When his critical comments to make about someone, including his wife and kids, he often asks others to deliver them. You need to possess more than a little nastiness to play basketball at the highest level, he declares, and he's not shy about detailing his hickory-smoked odiousness. Into the darkness, that's where I go, he says, into the darkness. Dog. I'll put it this you way. Can't... People that grew up watching that Lakers team that have watched Winning Time have all told me, like people that I know, like my dad's friends and my parents, like yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're kind of holding back. Yeah. But... <laughs> There's way less sex than there should be. <laughs> Well, I know that for a fact. That too. Um, Winning Time is based on the w- book Winning Time by Jeff Perlman. Yes. It's a very good book. It's well-sourced. And HBO came back and was like, try it. And if, I honestly hope there's a trial, and I hope that they just read the book out loud in open court, every page of it. They read <laughs> they read West by West, and then they dismiss it and charge him for court costs. And I hope that happens. I hope in addition to court costs, he buys everyone who's in the room a copy of the book that he has to sign. Every everyone in the NBA hates Jerry West. It's a yes. it's a fact, and it's yeah. not because they're all assholes. It's because he is. He is so much more of an asshole than they are. I think that's the takeaway. No one no one went to his defense, did they? They're all like, "Oh, Jerry's mad, huh?" Jerry Mike says the same him. Now that I've gotten that off my chest, let's talk about the topic of the day. The Brooklyn Nets took their operation from New Jersey and moved it to Brooklyn like so many other people who've gentrified the areas of late. They also said, hey, we're going to rebrand ourselves as to being rooted from here, even though we're not. We're going to push out a product that... At one time, Seth seemed homegrown and with heart, but quickly was cannibalized by big media markets and empty promises. I am talking about the Nets basketball team. I'm also talking about the Nets organization. My good God, what a dismantling. Four-game sweep to the Boston Celtics, who we will talk about. I very much promise that. But the bigger story here is these Brooklyn Nets is being brought together after um, KD's injury. Um, one playoff series win in four years. How many playoff series did the Knicks win in that time? Just, I just want to. I mean, I think it's still zero, actually. So a collection of 
Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and James Harden won exactly Harden. one playoff series more than the New York Knicks. That is correct. Failure doesn't it, begin like failure doesn't even begin to describe. And, and if I may, one fewer than the Hawks. Um The Hawks are also a better team. Like Kyrie, Ir- Kyrie Irving said in the post game presser, this team had no time to gel, and he didn't ooze lack of self awareness when he did it. Justin, this is insane, right? I'm not taking crazy pills. Him saying that with a straight face is the height of comedy, correct? Kyrie, why haven't you had time to gel, Kyrie? What what no possible one reason? That's what kills me about modern media. The next follow-up question to that should have been, Kyrie, do you feel that missing half of your team's games in the regular season had something to do with the fact that you couldn't gel due to your vaccination status? See, no, hold on, time out. Y'all ain't even gotten spine for that. You could just hit him up with, well, why is that, Kyrie? Y'all get the spine to really give it to him. So just, why didn't you have time to gel? What, what could have possibly been an impediment to you? Oh, the one shot you wouldn't take? Is that what it was? Dog, I saw them call him Dr. Sebi with the Hezzy, and... Oh, no, my favorite was I, Up and it, Under Umar. That's a really good one. I didn't want it. That's... They're all very good, and they're all very true, and they're all very funny. Um, But it's... Like you said, it's the word disappointment doesn't begin to scratch the surface. Because when you look at the team that was there before this, they had a squad that won playoff series. That kept Kyrie from winning playoff series. Kyrie Irving, since leaving LeBron James, has won two playoff series. Well, the first. Oh, right. Never mind. Yeah, well, with the happen. Celtics. Yeah, Celtics. never mind. Yeah. What was the first? That was really funny. Because I was in the like, the Nets, what was, oh, right, he did do that one time with the Celtics. That's right. Let's, let's go to the principles in this whole thing. We'll start with Kevin Durant. Um, Kevin Durant saved game four, looked very un-Kevin Durant. Guess he's another guy I've got on my sneakies, probably hurt list. And he's probably hurt because they had to play him 42 minutes a game down the stretch to even make it as an eighth seed. And so if you say that this isn't all Kyrie's fault, and it, I, I'm telling you, it's all Kyrie's fault. He gets the shot. They don't need to make this push. They're in a better situation. They're not playing the Celtics in the first round, who have right. been the best team in basketball for the last 50 games, 45 games. You don't do it. And so now, Kevin Durant is going to have to answer questions as to why he looks so human against his mini-me in Jason Tatum. I want to, I want to go back to something you said, like, to, to, to put this further in the context. They gave a 33-year-old Kevin Durant 42 minutes a game to make the eight seed. 
He's been in the league for 15 years. They're asking him to be LeBron. Mm-hmm. There's only one LeBron. This should make LeBron more impressive. I, this is a very pro-LeBron podcast. You guys have known that for years. And I'm not saying that we're – I didn't want to go here, honestly. But here we are. No, This should remind you just how impressive what you've seen has been. You have to go to the LeBron and discussing the Nets, you have to go to LeBron. Not just current our current incarnation of LeBron, but also the big three in Miami. We have to recontextualize mm-hmm. how we how we view that. Four straight finals with that group. Yes. Harder than it looks. It's not easy, is it, guys? Mm. Right? It, it, and the, the counterpoint people are going to point to is, oh, you know, well, teams like San Antonio did it right. It took us a decade to rebuild that shit. Y'all, y'all heard the us, right? Everyone heard it? Okay, good. Um, Kevin Durant, he was pushed off spots. He was displaced the entire time. But do you know why they had such a good defensive plan for him? Justin, who was the coach of the Celtics last year? <laughs> Uh, wait, shit, who was the coach last year? Because it wasn't Steve Nash. It was, it was, it was Brad Stevens, the, the, the Celtics. The Celtics. Oh, sorry. You said Celtics. My brain immediately went to Steve Nash. But, yes, it oh, was. Oh, we'll get to Steve Nash Slander is coming. Don't you worry. It, it was Brad Stevens. And who knew all the Celtics needed was an actual adult in the room? And not somebody who. Udoka. Yeah. Ime Udoka. Is... What he's done with the Celtics. He's not just a. No, 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 no. It's what he should have gotten the Nets job. Mm. He was the lead assistant behind that. Well, he was at, he was Nash's lead assistant. And I, that's where they I've forgotten that. I so who's going to develop a better game that. plan against Kevin Durant than the guy who used to coach it? Yeah. Micro and macro, this was just the perfect, the perfect storm. It really like, was. Because, like, macro, you can point to all the things Ime Udoka did that Brad Stevens absolutely refused to do, the number one. Oh, for the sure. Main, the main thing being telling Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to cut the shit. <laughs> like, honestly, Brad Stevens was a good coach for what they had when they had it. When they had a bunch of mid, maximizing your mid, that's what the coach from Butler does. But taking a star and elevating that star into something else, you need to have – got to be built different. And Brad Stevens, I think, recognized that, or someone recognized that, and he failed into the front office and fired Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge ended up in Utah um, with a very disappointing center. Um, but they're doing the Ainge kids. So the, the complaint with Ainge was he didn't move the assets. <clears throat> I think the other complaint you could levy at Ainge is that he didn't see them even as assets he just saw them as pieces. What he never saw was how this piece could be something, how this whole could be greater than the sum of its parts. And that's what Udeka was over able to unlock in this last season. It's It's been incredible watching this happen. Yes. And it it started rocky. But once Very. the thing got going, the, the biggest shift 
to me watching them, it was understood to people watching that Jason Tatum was the number one on that team. The team never acted like Jason Tatum was the number one. This year, they acted like Jason Tatum. Our offense runs through Jason Tatum. Through Jason Tatum, we succeed. Jalen Brown, also really, really good. Might even be just as good as Jason Tatum, but he's not the one that we run everything through. Once that decision was made, you even watch it in this series. What gave the Nets the most problems was running those pick and rolls or those pick and pops and headhunting Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, and just getting Jason Tatum in their face and just shooting over the children. Because that's the other thing that did the Nets in. They have no size. Oh, look, I will talk about – I'm going through individual blame right now. We've talked about Kevin Durant. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Three seasons that he's played the last three seasons with the Nets, he's played 103 games. After game one of this series, he scored 46 points on 16 of 43 shooting. And then he went to the podium and said, me and Kev, along with Sean and Joe, we're going to figure this out. He's a part-time NBA player that just happens to also part-time work in the front office. What the hell is going on here? Y'all signed up for this. This is the Kyrie Irving experience. Right? Like that, Brooklyn, you signed up for this. Again, we have to credit LeBron on how he was able to deal with this while dragging Cleveland to another championship, while dragging Cleveland to a championship. I'm about to say another, not that city. Um, look, you can think what you want about his vaccine stance. You, there's a right and wrong answer, but I can't change how you think. Um, but what you can't do is separate this decision he's made with what happened on the court within this season, and not just these last four games. When the season started, this is a great thing I stole, I'm stealing from the Zach Will podcast. When the season started, there were three superstars, and only one of them checked the following two boxes. Only one of them showed up in shape, because James Harden was not, and also able to participate in every game. That was Kevin Durant. And so, yeah, there was some stuff with him and Harden. They made things happen for the first part of the year. Then Omicron hits, and the Nets start to panic. And they say, well, Kyrie, what if you played road games? And James Harden said, you've got to be out of your fucking mind. And for the one time ever, James was fucking right. Yes. James Harden was 100% correct in this situation. James Harden looked at them and was like, you're joking, right? And they're like, no, no, he'll play the road games. And he was like, my hamstring hurts. What? My hamstring hurts. <laughs> They played two games together, the three of them. Two. One and then another. 
Dang. <laughs> this entire season. And so then all this happens. It sours your boy. They have to trade him out for the third leg on this idiot table. Benjamin Simmons. Oh, st- come to the stage. Justin. Ben Simmons somehow didn't play basketball for a whole year. <laughs> because even Ben Simmons I, looked around at the Nets and said, oh, no, I'm not, oh, uh-uh, nope, nope, my back I hurts. just want everyone, I'm going to make fun of the particular stuff in a second, but I want everyone to realize that he has successfully not played basketball for an entire year and is still considered a basketball player. The latest gap, and this is truly a gap. This is where I start blaming Rich Paul and, and I, Rich Paul's an agent and there's only so much you can do if a client has certain things he wants to do. However, when your client's this idiot and he keeps misstepping every way, what you don't do is lay him say the words into a microphone. Yeah, I might be back for game four. Just rule him out for the playoffs. There's no reason to pretend. Also, if we're going to be 100% real about this, him saying after that game three showing that, nah, I'm not going to play, it's the right decision. Fuck that. Now, if I play, guess he catches all this blame for no good goddamn reason. Ben Simmons. No and thank you. Either I'm going to be a hero or at least an opportunity for one. I'll damn not sure not be your goat. I actually applaud the self-preservation instinct of saying, game four, my leg hurts. Yeah. Like I, and honestly, what would Ben Simmons have added to this debacle? Does, ben, does it out of shape? Because let's be real, he's not in basketball shape. He hasn't played basketball for a year. He may be in physical shape, but he's not in basketball shape. So does an out of shape Ben Simmons actually add anything to this team? Would that have prevented what happened yesterday? Justin, he hadn't played five on five yet. Why even say it? What a weird lie. He was never going to play. For context, Zion Williams, or Zion, five on five participation. Like, it, it, if you want context, Zion, further along in his rehab process than Ben Simmons. What a weird lie. But apparently that's what he does. Like, that's, that's just what Ben Simmons does. This is who he is. And now the Nets are stuck. How long are the Nets stuck with him for? I want to say at least two more. And then Kyrie's opting in. He's got a player option. Because who says all, no to money? And they gave all that money to Joe Harris, too. Like, this is a real problem. Oh, no. They're, this team, they're stuck with the team. Which means they're going to have to get rid of that coach. <laughs> but if Katie and Kyrie say don't, well, we'll see. We'll see how long they agree on anything because we've reached the fourth leg of idiot table. Steve Nash, his no coaching, just vibe strategy didn't really work out uh, again. It's amazing what happens when you don't run plays or don't have your team together the entire time. 
it, can I defend? Is, did anything he do fireable? Of course not. Is anything he brought to me pain uh, worthy? I disagree with that first statement. I, I know. I don't know. Give me the, okay. Let's hear. The last twenty minutes of Game Four. That is a fireable offense. Oh my God. Okay. As a coach, your decision when you're getting killed on switches is to continue to trot out your small lineup and pray that Patty Mills can guard Jason Tatum. That's a fireable offense. When your solution is to have Kevin Durant play center. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. One, two, three. Cancun. Like, the the he, nail in the coffin for that's me. Why, that's why he wants – that's where they want him to stay. He knew the game. He knew what was up. <laughs> All right, cool. We throwing this one. Coach, get us the fuck out of here. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate like, you. Jason Tatum fouls out with what, 350 left? 230. 230 left. Like, it, it, it's close to the end of the fourth quarter, but they're within five when he fouls out. They get close. I'm like, okay, cool. They see they're having some successes. Um, they see they're having some successes running hammers and running pick and pops. Maybe they'll continue to do that. Oh, nope, going back to ISO ball. Okay, fine, whatever. They get it to within three. Celtics have it with 20 seconds left. They A, let them inbound it with no, there was no resistance to the inbound. And then they just let Marcus Smart hold it. For a full five seconds before he heaves it downfield, I was like, oh, my God, you idiots aren't even going to foul. Like, okay, cool. If your decision is we don't want to foul because we don't want to give them extra possessions, we just want to disrupt and or disrupt the inbound, double them across half court, and then get the ball back that way. Cool. I can respect that decision. They didn't even do that. They just sort of let it happen. That's it. That alone is a fireable offense. Like, how do you, how do you allow your team to do that? Game four at home, 20 seconds left within three, no defense, like defensive effort. That's not the coach's fault, but there was no defensive strategy. Like, as you've that, already pointed, <laughs> that would have gotten someone fired. As you've already pointed out, the directors of vibes have decided he will continue in his place. <laughs> However, Kyrie not saying his name in that whole we're going to figure this thing out talk, Ooh. one, like, that's that was not unintentional. Like, that's intentional as fuck. Like, you know that these NBA guys have had media training since they were, like, 17 years old. And earlier, excuse me, say you, and him not saying his coach, but saying the owner and the GM and Kev, which is some shit. Because Kev has been too busy fighting with everyone on the internet today. I, for one, support our petty, skinny master. However, um, not today, Kev. Like, dog, take this out. Like, you can't. Whew. We just saw this shit, Kevin. Let one more game get played. Give me a night of games. Let me slander the heat. Let me do something tonight where I can. Let Memphis and Minnesota move you guys off the front page. In 24 hours, but for 24 hours, I needed you to hold the fingers, but you had to shoot. Because now, as it's been pointed out already, the inside the NBA guys have had all day. They've had all day and a whole team production. And this, this is a way that you escalate wars.
I can't wait. I of course you can. Cannot wait because I'm here for best. I'm no, here. No, no, no. <laughs> and the ch- like, I I didn't get a chance to because I was like, okay, when I when I saw it happen first, I was gobsmacked. I was like, oh my god, they actually lost game four at home. <laughs> oh my god. My next thought was, I have to see Chuck, and I have to see Stephen A. Just because mm-hmm. it's going to be hilariously yep. messy and over the top. And as someone who's worked with children before, there's a phrase they use, do not pick up the emotional rope. Once you've gotten to their level and emotionally connected to whatever problem they're having, you're now playing an emotional tug of war. And all you had to do, Kevin, for 24 hours was to not pick up the emotional rope. <laughs> but you did. And now we're here. And now you're a topic for the rest of the playoffs. Congratulations, Kevin. You're now the topic. You are, oh, these games were good tonight. Let's poke Kevin. Like, that's who you've become, your instant ratings. Congratulations. I hope you enjoy this life you've chosen for yourself. You traded Steph Curry for this. Dog. Like, if I'm Kevin Durant, I wonder what's more infuriating, realizing that he traded Steph Curry for this or realizing that he traded Steve Kerr for Scott Brooks 2.0. Dog, fuck that. Steve Nash was getting paid to make sure everyone was cool in Golden State. (laughs) He was director of vibes. He was, like, handing out edibles and shit. And now he's got to deal with this shit? No, Steve Steve Nash moved his wife and children from California to Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, I hadn't considered that part. Yeah. A lot happened for this. The Kyrie uh, Irving is burning a lot of ships right now, and I want to see how quickly it becomes Kevin saying, "You know, me, Joe, and Sean are going to figure this out." Because Kyrie's leverage, the only leverage he has, is the loyalty of Kevin Durant, and it can't be infinite. It just can't. Yeah. Oh, Good luck, y'all. Good luck. Oh, Justin, we're about to leave. I promise we're going to hang up. But I have to tell you something. Are you in, are you are you sitting down? I am sitting down. Mark Emmer has announced that he'll be stepping down from the next president of NCAA effective June 2023. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I swear to God, this just happened. Yo. Mark Emmert stepping down. Oh, no. That means this is, is about to get all the way bad for the NCAA. Oh, so if you were penciling in, if, if the betting line is to be set for when the NCAA will stop existing, it's July 2023. Like, he picks the date for a reason. Oh, I'm going to read some tweets from Brian Floyd, um, a great follow on Twitter. Mark Emmert will be remembered as the NCAA president who took a 9-0 Supreme Court loss, in which even the most conservative members of the court said the organization should not exist. This is a Supreme Court that can't agree on anything, and yet it looked at the NCAA's model and legal strategy and said, are you kidding me with this? Instead of preparing for this day or working in a position the NCAA to actually fulfill its mission of protecting student-athletes, Emmert spent tens of millions of dollars on stunningly bad legal and political strategies. Somehow in this day and age, Mark Emmert brought conservatives and liberals together, and I guess he should be applauded for that. 
Holy shit, I cannot believe the uh, how if you're Mark Gamer, how is he not I was any retirement not immediate? Because now you're getting the farewell tour and it's not the one you think you're gonna get. Oh, you know what? I think it's the it's the exact one he thinks he's getting. I he, he has to not know we hate him. He has to not know we hate him. How can he not? Oh, this Yeah. That I I don't even have time to, to properly process. This happened like twenty minutes ago. So where does the well, I know where the NCAA goes from here. Straight to hell. <laughs> In the trash can. Where it belongs. Just in time for the college football 2023 season. Ladies and gentlemen, in 2024, the University of Georgia Incorporated is very proud to bring you the Georgia Reluctable team. Because that's what's going to happen. These teams will be liberated from the structures. They'll be no longer be, the the student-athlete thing will be shelved. They will no longer be there for that. They will be athletes who go to school as a part of their agreement to get paid to play their sport. Ladies and gentlemen, the way it always should have been, NCAA is going to hell. I, this is a great day. I get net slander. I'm verging on Doc Rivers and James Harden slander and Mark Gibbard stepping down. It is a good day in the house of D. It really is. It really uh, is. Coincident- coincidentally, when does Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC officially? Oh, I, I imagine around then. <laughs> I'm sure those two decisions are completely unrelated. I'm sure he's going to check to, like, June 29th, 2023. And if he does, God bless him. Scam it. To, why stop scamming now? Collect that check. Look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And for him, he's never been broke behind this shit. As just the rest, just everyone who actually plays the sports. Justin, thank you so much for coming on for the emergency podcast. Had to smoke that next pack. Tell everyone where they can find you and everything you do. You can find me at Thiefus Podcast. And that's where all of our podcasting is done and popping up at ADD Space over at Unreasonable Fridays. And the, yeah, that's it actually. That is where I am these days. Awesome. Well, you guys are getting this special podcast on a Wednesday. You're going to get your regularly scheduled one coming up next Monday. That was your show. This is your outro. There is no outro. See you guys next week.